0: I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. What's going on? It's your boy, Ambition, and welcome to another episode of the MYFB Podcast. And today with me, I have a mompreneur and so much more. She is a true-to-life podcaster. She started with a true crimes podcast and then moved, uh, dug deeper into podcasting Uh, and has been working within the cosmetology field for years so you know here to share with us how she manages this all how she's juggling all of it is miss kayla waters how you doing kayla
1: good how are you i'm glad to be here
0: i'm glad you're here too and i'm pretty good pretty good so tell us this the secret to how are you juggling all of these things right because I got a couple of those things on my plate myself and I need some tips, so help me out.
1: (laughs) Oh, there is no secret. You know, sometimes I think we are all just like putting in the work and trying to survive as we go. I definitely think there are other things in my life that unfortunately suffer, like my house. Um, It's always messy and crazy because I'm working on business and my kids all the time. I always think to myself, like if I could wake up at 5 a.m. seven days a week, my life would be incredible, right? So I think that would be a great secret to keeping yourself, like, on track, having the extra time in the morning before other people are awake. However, I'm not always the best at it. I would love to be in the 5 a.m. club every single day.
0: But I, I love the fact that you just kind of said, hey, my house is messy sometimes. Because I think we, we can tend to forget, like, we're we're juggling so many things. It's okay if something falls off. So long as it's within the schedule to get it back on track shortly, right? Mm-hmm. Taking yeah. some time from somewhere else and using it isn't a bad thing. So, you know, if there's any moms out there listening or dads, right? Give yourselves a break. Make yes. the kids clean it up.
1: Yeah, give yourself some grace. Like, we are just doing the best I can. I think it's hard enough to keep up on all your, like, household chores and like daily tasks when you don't have anything else going on let alone when you're juggling you know kids and working in a business and whatnot
0: right and i i I get it i totally get it so okay so here's a million dollar question yes you have podcasts that you have uh episodes scheduled right Mm -hmm. and you're being featured on podcasts and recording episodes for your Mm podcast how do you schedule everything out right how do you manage that
1: Yeah, so I manage it through like a planner I write in. For some reason, having like a written book feels so much like greater to me than the technology. I do also manage it through technology. You know, I've got a calendar link and I work with the website and I have all my stuff on my dashboard. However, I think having it right there in front of me where I can just take it around with me, look at it. I think that's very important for some people, especially if you didn't grow up fully immersed in the whole like technology world, right. Nice to just have like a piece of paper, you write it down, try to keep track of everything via something you can have with you all the time.
0: No, I I definitely agree with that. Um, no, I, myself, I'm a tech native, right. And I've Uh been in technology for going on 12 years. So cybersecurity professional and you know, all of those skills really help me out when I'm doing this sort of stuff because Mm -hmm. I can do everything in my phone I'm like let me jump over to notes let me have the reminders I have the screen that has my entire schedule right So, so
1: like technology is crazy advanced like it is so nice to be able to have so much on like a phone that fits in your pocket
0: right um have you so I I know I've run into this a lot have you talked to anyone about you know maybe them getting into podcasting and they go, well, you know, I don't know anything about that technology stuff. Have you, have you gotten that kind of conversation?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. People are like, I don't even know how to do that. And the thing for me is like me either. I was not into tech at all. Like you kind of said at the beginning, I've been in a cosmetology business for the last eight years. So when I started thinking about podcasting, I didn't know anything i ordered bad equipment i tried recording with it it was not good like i had to reorder things it took me a, about a full year to learn the ins and outs of like editing what i'm doing even when i went to launch my first episode like there's so much you have to do online and whatnot i was up to like 2 a.m trying to figure it out i'm like my launch date's tomorrow and <laughs> I just tell people, like, you can learn, you can do it, just, like, jump into it. I actually had someone text me the other day. She was – she's thinking about starting her own business, not podcasting, but just, like, a business where she's selling things. And she's nice. like, so how'd you learn about marketing? And how'd you learn, like, how to build a website? And how'd you learn all this stuff? And I was like, I did it. I just started doing it, and I'm still learning as I go.
0: Well, I mean, you can always send her my way, right? Like, that's yes. exactly what I do. Oh, um perfect. Right. I just, um, I literally just finished and threw up a uh, clarity course, an entrepreneur clarity course. It's a excellent way. And we're, we're going to chop this short because it feels kind of, uh, I don't want to talk about this too much, <laughs> but you know, it was really cool to put it together. And what inspired it was I have a mentor who has a ton of people that he's taught about business and that he's, you know basically put a lot of money in the hands of right and I asked him one day I said has anybody brought you a business plan or a presentation that was well put together and he was like no it's like so none of the people that you've taught have come to you, back to you and say here's how we can make money together he's no so I wanted to put that system together where everybody could feel like they had something and confidently communicate what their business was about right
1: that's amazing I'm going to send her that link because I was like I have no idea
0: (laughs) oh yeah no I I sit down and I scheme on coming up with businesses I I gave myself a challenge I think it was 2017 I was like you know what I got two kids I'm gonna put together a business that will help me get the furniture for the kids uh, room because I don't want to do anything like that right like so I ended up it took me two weeks to come up with the website the logo the branding was all put together um, I already had a business filed so I just launched a quick DBA so I could get it done uh-huh. um, and then it was just finding the manufacturers for the toy uh, for the toddler furniture and kids furniture and oh, once wow. I did it and I finally got it all the way together I was like I don't really care about this anymore
1: <laughs> you're like yeah I lost my passion <laughs> yeah
0: it but that yeah i'm that guy
1: i love it you know what like start things see if you love it see if you could do it
0: right and just if it's not
1: your thing you can move on
0: right and but i wouldn't be where i am if it wasn't for things like that like this wasn't my first podcast idea my first right. podcast idea was actually pretty terrible right
1: <laughs> what was it
0: it was uh i was gonna call it devil's vacation, uh-huh And it was going to be highly controversial topics. Like the first episode was going to be, right? I do believe in pro-choice, right? I do believe Mm -hmm. a woman should have the right to do whatever she wants Mm -hmm. to do with her body. But much like Dave Chappelle said, okay, what about the man's right to say, I don't want anything to do with this, Mm -hmm. right? So I wanted to have that conversation. And whether I believe that stance or not, give a reasonable yeah just give a reasonable argument as to why Mm -hmm. that should maybe be considered right the
1: devil's advocate i actually think it sounds so interesting
0: i still want to do it but Mm -hmm. it's trying to figure out now how does it fit within the purpose and the mission of everything Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah i totally get that that's funny you mentioned dave Chappelle. we are going to him next week i love him really yep yeah, nice, he's nice going to utah which isn't far from here so he
0: that's has been cool. doing a lot of shows in the midwest huh
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: I, I think that's pretty awesome pretty awesome you gotta send me a picture or something right like
1: yes absolutely bet <laughs> yes i will
0: okay so what is your next steps within business i know you talked about the two podcasts that you have and starting podcast businesses mm-hmm. what's your next step what's the next biggest thing for you
1: So with podcasting, I feel like it's definitely a long haul game. I'm sure you've heard of like the statistics around podfade and like even kind of overcoming that one year hump and whatnot. So my plan is obviously to keep growing. Like I planned this whole time to like stick with this for at least five years to see how much I can get it to grow. So with that, like I said, I've I've launched the two podcasts. I hope I have other ideas like I feel like I always have an idea for a podcast, especially surrounding that true crime genre where people can really gain like an education. There's a lot of things that have happened that I feel like, wow, like the public needs an education on this specific topic to bring awareness to it or whatnot. So I have lots of ideas. And under that network, I hope that these podcasts I'm doing right now, I'll be able to grow them in the next few years to the point where I can have a little bit of help and be able to get my other ideas off the ground or possibly bring in, you know, other people to host podcasts with the ideas that I'm thinking of. So that's the goal. Like I said, it's a long haul game. So like mm. I'm in it right now, I'm doing the growth thing and I plan on it growing and being able to do all of that stuff.
0: Man, that is, and that that's an amazing strategy, right? Yeah. And I'm saying that's an amazing strategy because I literally just recorded an uh, episode. My last episode was with a guy named David Combs. And, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote a song in 1987, right? And mm-hmm. he started taking his music career seriously in 1992. And we were joking about it. I was like, I was born in 91, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's like, he have been doing
1: this my whole life.
0: Right. He's been doing writing music and making music my whole life, right. And he Mm -hmm. talks about how he broke down what's now the gift shop market of music. And he he expressed exactly that it's a game of consistency, right? You Mm -hmm. over 30 years and 15 albums later, how many millions of dollars has he made from easygoing music, right? Like things that people wouldn't think it has really made him a lot of money so I, I definitely agree with you take the long game right yeah take, it.
1: take the long game like if it you know is take i think a lot of people jump into things even business in general like i've seen it with in even the cosmetology business i do a lot of people jump into things thinking like this is going to be easy money nope like they want to work from home and that feels like oh i'm not going to be working but they don't realize that in order to make money you are going to have to work hard and you're going to have to do it for a long time. So after six months, I see all these people quitting, whether it's in podcasting or cosmetology, they're like, oh, well, this wasn't that easy. So now I'm done.
0: And you know what, what the, uh, what I wish somebody would have told me about entrepreneurship. Mm. If you're going to build a product-based or a service-based business, uh, the number one thing that you need to learn is how to deal with clients and how to deal with customers. Because Mm -hmm they are far more disrespectful than like, if you were working at like a cash register, they would respect you far more Mm -hmm. than you actually being the business owner when they know they're talking to you. It's Mm -hmm. like, what is this? We had a, you know, from people requesting $10 logos Mm -hmm. to just being utter waste of time, right? Like you really do have to pay attention to your processes and have a system in place for how you're going to deal with that stuff otherwise you're going to end your days very frustrated you're going to be broke Absolutely. and you're going to have given a bunch of time to a bunch of people who don't want to invest in you and it's going to make you feel like shit. that that is a true to life entrepreneur moment
1: <laughs> i one thousand percent agree like you have to have boundaries and how you're going to deal with these people because yes they are very hard
0: yeah it, it's the um Shouldn't you respect the fact that I'm the customer? It's whatever, but you don't know what you're talking about.
1: Right, right. Like, the, no, <laughs> I'm the expert though. Like, right, this yes, is... I 1000% agree.
0: So that is something for any of you guys listening, definitely keep your eye out for. Okay, yes. so let's talk the big one, right? When we get a podcaster on, anybody talks to a podcaster, they wanna know the big question is monetization strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so
1: like I said, I just launched a year ago, so I didn't plan on making any money for like the first year or two, even I nice. have made a little bit though. So I've been glad, but I kind of went into it knowing like, I'm not going to just make money this first month, right? Like I'm going to really have to put in the work, really push out quality content and whatnot. Nice. And since I have been able to grow, I have been able to do that, but you kind of, like the money's not just going to come. You have to actively be working for it. So you, you have to go out there. You have to find the sponsors and you have to talk with people and you have to network with people. And honestly, i it's funny because I feel like I'm somewhat of an introvert in that way. However, with podcasting, I have learned to be able to you know, talk with people really easy and whatnot, but networking and really asking for that sponsorship or putting myself out there, it feels a little awkward, but you kind of just have to step out of your comfort zone and really do that. So right now that's what I've been doing in, you know, that strategy just like putting myself out there, talking with people and then as that comes and as my show grows, hopefully that monetization will also just like snowball growth with that.
0: Nice, nice. I definitely agree with that. Do you think that um and, and this is my personal opinion of it, right? If I'm stepping to someone and asking them to be a sponsor for the MYFB podcast, that's mm-hmm. different than me asking them to be a sponsor of Ambition Phillips, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives me like the utmost confidence. The fact that I've removed my personal brand from the sponsorship and I've created this environment where my personal brand works for my business uh i'm never asking for money for myself i'm always asking for money for my business and that gives me it 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 gives me a lot of confidence when asking for money because i have my mission in mind right Mm -hmm. like what did i set out to do it was like so now it's a conversation of hey do you believe in this mission because if you do then let's get yeah put your money where your mouth is
1: yes i actually love that outlook on it like that's an incredible way to look at it because it is normally you know most people that are doing a podcast are doing it for a reason they're you know they're putting their voice out there to you know spread information about something so yeah i think by doing it you're branding it like sponsor me for this brand and this reason they are they first of all are far more likely to do it than if you're saying sponsor me sponsor me kayla waters versus like sponsor this podcast and what this podcast is all about so i love that
0: right and i mean some people got that it factor right where people Uh just like they do want to sponsor you right whether it's because it's only fans or it's because you make the best music ever but Mm -hmm. also look like chris brown i don't get it right like whatever reason people want to sponsor you is whatever reason they want to sponsor you but uh I know I've never gotten by on my good looks. All my good looks have gotten me is, hey, you're cute, you're handsome, yep. and uh, more annoying things than it's brought me good things. But right,
1: totally
0: agree. <laughs> Same for you.
1: Yep yes i'm not just getting sponsored based on me people aren't like oh my gosh i'm obsessed with you as a person let me give you money
0: they're they're not like you know what one half of your hair is black and the other is blonde (laughs) and i want to give
1: and i love it so can i please sponsor you as a person
0: but people really think that people really think that's the way it's going to happen they think that they're Mm going to put on makeup or that they're going to put on designer clothes and that they're going to put on a big gold chain or they're going to put on prada shoes or red bottoms and that people are going to Support them because they want to support the lifestyle of them wearing nice shit, right? Nobody cares about you wearing nice shit. They want to figure out how to get their own nice shit
1: Yes 1000% one of the best things I ever heard was like people care a lot less about you than you think that they do Yeah, and that was good for me even with putting myself out there with the podcast because I was so worried for so long about Like how are people gonna view me? What are they gonna think? Are they gonna like it? And it's like they don't care that much about you specifically but if you're putting something good out there if you're putting good content out there that's what matters and that really was like i was able to shape my mindset with like yeah i want to be known for what i'm doing not like what i'm wearing you know
0: that that makes a whole lot of sense right and i feel the same way right like i went through this whole sprint of being in corporate america so mm-hmm. when i first started wanting to be a motivational speaker i put on a suit and tie because i thought that was how it was done i, I was trying to be like less brown but i'm like this isn't me right so no. but now i am the way that i am this feels comfortable if you invite me to come speak right i know that there's a respect for the person that i am and the content that i can speak about not just that i look a part right yes. and that's that's i think what our generation is really trying to avoid i think millennials like we hate looking apart
1: yes i agree <laughs> like
0: mm-hmm. we can't stand to look the partners like oh so what i look like a plumber to you <laughs> <laughs> do i look I totally like agree. do i look like a podcaster i want to look like me right exactly yes. i and,
1: totally get that it, it's even like sometimes i do like I so much want to be myself, even like with the, you know, my different hair. It's like, oh, do I look like a mom? No, like I'm going to look like me. Like, you're not going to look at me and think, oh, that's just a mom of two just doing the mom life. It's like, no, you're going to be shocked that I'm a mom.
0: (laughs) I I love that because I feel like those those judgments and those roles that we kind of cast people into, Mm -hmm. it stifles our genius. Like I've talked to so many people that I just have fell in love with their stories right mm-hmm. like i mentioned the guy from last week david combs he was southern baptist uh you know very christian like mm-hmm. I, I was in a cult growing up and it was a christian-based cult so mm-hmm. i i have not been to church in years right mm-hmm. like i don't really
1: either.
0: right but i loved his story yeah. right and i fell in love with his story and I, it, it reminded me look everybody has value to give we've had everyone from intimacy coaches to day traders uh hypnotherapists. i'm also done
1: cool
0: yeah you should check out that episode i'm going to for sure
1: yes okay
0: yep that one's cool um and then now i have a oh we've had uh mom coaches on right so so that's another cool episode you should check out yes she was really awesome because she was uh there was one way she was talking about how to get dad to help and I don't want to take over the podcast with this. But she was talking about how to get dad to help. And she was like, yeah, just drop him on him. Just drop the kid on him and just go. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree. There's a lot of people. I have a ton of friends who, like, they don't necessarily – they can't get their husbands to help. But yet they, like, don't want to force them into it. And it's like, my kids, they're with their dad all the time because I'm working all the time. Like, he has to watch them. He it like there's no option just give
0: it i i i think uh i have like a pride thing so you got to inspire men's sense of competition right Mm -hmm. like you can't really look at them and be like what type of dad are you because they're really going to take offense to that Mm -hmm. but it's like for me No, you're going to stop believing that just because you're a mom, you're a better parent than me. Like, I feel like that's the way I put it up. Like, Mm -hmm. what? You think I can't watch the kids? I watch the kids better than you. They like me better than you.
1: Oh, my husband's the same (laughs) way. My baby, she's one years old, loves him. She does truly like him more than me. It is hurtful. (laughs) And he loves it. Every time she goes over to him, he kind of looks at me and he's like, well, it does feel good.
0: right i know but okay so all the moms listening you have to let the kids choose them and -hmm. then be like see they like you better out
1: oh yeah that's what i the other day she was like really bothering him my baby's very whiny hard baby second child humbled me as a mom for sure and she's very needy and you know we're always just laughing about how she likes him more and i'm like what the heck like i'm your mom but she was really needy the other day and i told him i'm like well That's what you get when she likes you more. Now you are the one who has to deal with her all the time because she wants you. So have fun with that. I'm going to go do my thing and you can deal with her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally get it. I totally get it. Okay. So what's okay. So five years of the podcast, let's say you grow Mm -hmm. and you and I both know what's already happening. I bet you a ton of people are hitting you up, asking you how to start podcasts. Right. Mm-hmm. I know they're doing it because they're doing it to me. And I'm like, right. yo, I'm only 30 episodes in, bro. I'm still figuring this out. Right. I just figured out how to get better audio quality through Zoom yesterday. And this is the setup that we're having. So yes, I love it. So um, what where in your path. Do you think maybe a podcasting course would be? You no, know, maybe you don't got to compete with Pat Flynn, but it's got to be out there. So when people yeah, ask, they but- can support
1: like creating one like yeah this is how you do it yeah I haven't thought about that a lot but I do think it is very valuable for someone who has learned the ins and outs so honestly probably a few years in because like I said I'm almost one whole year in and nice I still am learning every single day so I think once you're like three years in four years in. hopefully you've really got the hang of it you're understanding things like I literally learned a ton more last month you know as I launched my second show there was so much that went into it and I was like oh my gosh I don't I don't even know anything about podcasting and i've been podcasting for the last year (laughs) so yeah after a few years when you've got like that expert knowledge i do think that's very valuable to put out there whether you do it like on youtube or Mm -hmm. in in another podcast or you know a course that you sell online i think that is actually a very cool idea
0: so one thing i will say is i i i hear from a lot of people who kind of they're starting their podcast and they're heavy on the preparation, right? Like some people do scripts. I'm not sure if you, you're one of the people who do scripts, but I really can't do that, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's really kind of one thing I try to tell people is, you know, if you're somebody who needs to over prepare, then understand that it's going to take you longer to generate an episode mm-hmm. and plan for that. And if you're somebody who can't stand being you know can't stand all of the preparation and prep work and you just want to put it out then go ahead and record and understand it's going to take you a while to get good enough to where you feel like maybe even releasing that um but if you've got it together and you feel confident enough to release it and that's my opinion anyway like release it regardless of whether you think it's good or not because you will be surprised what people love um go ahead and release it but I'm not big on preparation. How do you feel about preparation?
1: So I have two different podcasts and they're two completely different on preparation. So I actually started my second podcast. I went on this one podcast, the Josh Terry podcast, and I interviewed with him and he was like, how often like do you put out an episode with true crime exposed? And I was like, once a week, maybe, you know, maybe a bonus episode here and there. And he's like, you've got to put out more content. Like you should do one, like every single day and you should do this and that what's funny is like with true crime you really can't do that it you can do a couple or depending how much you work but you do have to prepare because you are researching a case mm. i can't remember all the dates and the names and like the police's names and the family's names and the date they were born and all of that stuff i can't remember that stuff without preparing it so i do for true crime Exposed. i do put about ten to twenty hours of preparation into an episode. Wow. You get it out there. Because researching and writing that episode takes so long. So when he was talking about doing more content and he was like, you don't even have to do it around true crime. I was thinking, well, that's kind of what that podcast is. So it's that's about- when I, yeah. So when I started my other podcast, and that's what most true crime podcasts do. They do about one a week or so and you know they'll have bonus content and whatnot. So I decided to start that second podcast, the Alphabetches podcast. And with that one, I'm with you, like no preparation. And it's nice. We put out two episodes a week and it's, it's easy. Like we hop on, we record. I do edit it a little bit just because as we, I've been ha- having to edit less, like you said, as you get into it and you kind of really learn the flow of each other. Cause I do have a co-host and you kind of understand what you're doing, then you do You're able to get that content out easier so i think there's pros and cons to both if you're doing something where you're talking and you're having conversations i think it's great to just let the conversation flow to let it go where it's going to go and not over prepare for it you're going to get content out easier you're going to get even more like deep conversation and things that you wouldn't expect and then on the flip side if you're doing a show like the true crime one or something where you do have to have research and dates correct you do kind of have to, you know, at least prepare a little bit.
0: The only thing I will tell anyone out there who is trying to start a conversational podcast or an interview-based podcast, um, I literally do no preparation because I really just love feeding off of the energy of the person, right? Um, yep. You, if I trust entrepreneurs to know the information that they want to present to people. Yeah. If they're showing up and they're on podcasts, I trust them to be able to present their business as well. And they all do that. So yep. once we get past that, it's getting into stories. And then the next thing is smooth transitions in between topics Right. and you, you're good. Once you do that, you got some smooth transitions. You're mm-hmm. good to go. You can have yep. an awkward pause in there. Like literally in my episode that I just released, Mm -hmm. awkward pause in the end she was like oh my god please cut this out i was like and i'm not gonna cut this out
1: yeah like this is it this is like this is the podcast it is what it is
0: right she's like it's gonna bug me and like so you know it's in there i literally recorded it that's what went up on my stories to promote the episode
1: right no i totally get that and i do have people with that other podcast we interview you know random people like all all sorts of topics no topics off limits and um, but I have had people be like, can we prepare? Like, like what questions are you going to ask me? I'm like, I can give you a general basis of what I'm going to ask, but we're, we're just going for it. We're just talking.
0: I swear. It's the, it's the manliest response that people get from me. People must think this, they're going to come interview with like, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. But they're like, you have any preparation? I was like, no, nah, no, no preparation, man. No. <laughs> All good. They're like, <laughs> Yeah, like just, and, but it's led to some of these really genuine moments and it's really amazing to see how much value gets extracted from people Mm -hmm. when they're unprepared because they still come with all of these wonderful answers and all of these gems, but it's, it feels real. It's an authentic moment and you can't put a price on that.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think when you're having just a conversation that's flowing, things are going to even come to your mind that you wouldn't have prepared for things that you're going to be reminded of when someone asks you a question you weren't ready for and it's like brings out this memory or like this thing you know you can talk about or have knowledge on so yeah it definitely puts out more authentic content
0: all right so we talked about monetization we talked about structure and preparation right you have two mm-hmm. totally different podcasts mm-hmm. now let's talk growth right like mm-hmm. how do you grow a podcast and it, it I'll share a little bit of my experience, like mm-hmm. th- the most difficult thing that I've had to market was my podcast. Uh-huh. i th- I think it's much easier for me to go on uh Instagram and blow up a page, right? Mm-hmm. Or it even seems easier for me to get a landing page out and get uh-huh. eyes on that. But you actually have to get people to like the podcast, yes and like so go and listen to it right. So how do you go about that for our so- listeners?
1: So I started off with social media, obviously, and that actually can be kind of hard for me. Oh, posting on social media every day and like just having the content, it has been a work in progress. TikTok has been like my greatest tool, which is funny, but like people on there love true crime and some of the stories. So I've been able to grow a pretty great following on TikTok that I'm happy with. My other social medias, you know, it's more of a slow grow and but I think that has been a very good tool it's a good small tool but for podcasting you're going to need like a really broad audience right so I've also advertised on some different podcasts and then um, things like like doing this like interviewing with people and and like I said earlier networking with people and like really putting yourself out there to connect with people who you think you know you can kind of both give each other value so I think that's a really good way and then Um, yeah, the, like I said, I, I advertise on another podcast, but I've also been looking into advertising on like Spotify and having a website and just advertising kind of wherever you can with whatever you can do. If you have a low budget, do things that are low budget or free, but like, don't ever stop talking about your podcast.
0: No, I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, one thing I'm going to actually recommend to people is Quora. Um, Mm -hmm. if you answer questions on Quora and they can lead back to something, if you have like an informational podcast, that may be a great one for you to work out. Um, Uh because people are asking those questions anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and then guest blogging. Mm -hmm. So I want to throw that out there as an invitation to you. If you wouldn't mind writing a guest blog, I would definitely throw that up on my website.
1: Okay, absolutely. That's cool. I have like never even thought of that in connection so
0: yeah if you do like guest blogging or um because it's it works out the same as podcasting if we both have a website and someone shows up on my website and they're looking at you know the blogs and how we advertise our blog so one way we're advertising our blog right now is on pinterest so Uh we have pinterest visuals that go out and then people are going to go look at the blog so right i
1: love that the
0: very same way you could uh advertise a podcast as well Pinterest straight to the podcast um but both of those I I would definitely do that especially because you could probably find a ton of like true crime blogs that are out there that you could do a guest post for or Mm -hmm. recommend that they use one of your episodes to uh as the audio within their blog
1: right yeah no that is such a great idea that I've never thought of that's really cool
0: I'm glad that I could give it to you. And I hope it works out. Let me know how it works out for you, too.
1: Yeah, of course. I will.
0: Especially because if it does work out, I'll charge somebody for it later.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, like, hey, how is this going? Yes.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I will let
1: you know. Keep in touch on it.
0: (laughs) Okay, so now there's time for a segment that we call Story for a Story. Hey, I love it. So you tell me a story, right? I usually like to go wild, crazy stories, right? Like so, we've had people tell us about uh, coming back to Mex uh, from Mexico through tunnels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had wild sex stories. We've had all sorts of stories, right? So whatever you feel to tell, I've actually, funny enough, I've had my mom on the podcast with a lady who was talking about menopause, women's health, and libido, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom is an older Bajan woman, so, uh-huh. uh, so she's from Barbados. Mm-hmm. So she does not believe in smoking cannabis at all. Oh, okay. Right. So we piss her off a lot. <laughs> <I> <laughs> love we, sh- it. we hopped on that podcast, and it was like, so by the end of it, so mom, what do you think? She's like, to each its own. <laughs> well,
1: to each its own. Like you do your thing. Don't right. agree. My right. mom's The same
0: way. <laughs> so whatever story you want to tell, we're open for it here.
1: Okay. So I actually kind of have this story. It's somewhat, I guess, funny, but also kind of scary. And since I do the true crime stuff, this will be interesting. So four years ago, I was working in a salon and I had someone call in to get their lashes done. And I, I've i mentioned it somewhat on my podcast, but haven't told the full story just because I was like, I don't know. But so they wanted to come in and get their lashes done for this bet and it was a guy and I was like great that'd be awesome like his friends bet him to get his lashes done so he comes in and it's clearly not for a bet and I just want him to you know like be like own it like it's fine you're in here you you know you want to get your lashes done that's totally fine <laughs> well he he <laughs> He really rubbed me the wrong way and not for that reason. Not because he was a man that wanted his lashes done, whether he was getting like a men's haircut or getting his lashes done. Something about him rubbed me the wrong way. He was actually like more in his 50s and Mm. he just made some comments about a little girl that was outside and some other things. So I felt very uncomfortable working with him. And again, not for that reason that he was getting his lashes done. I've worked with plenty of other people. I love them that, you know, do that stuff. And so anyway, he leaves and I was like, I just got like an icky feeling from that guy. Like, I just didn't like what he was talking about. I didn't like the comments he made about that little girl. And I've always been into this true crime stuff, right? So then he comes back in eight months later. This time he brings a wedding dress in and he wants to wear the wedding dress while he's getting his lashes done again if you like you want to do that that is totally fine like come in like do it like you can wear your wedding dress like while i do your lashes like if this is what makes you feel good great i'm happy to do it again it's like he wants it to be my fault he's doing it like he doesn't really want to say he wants to do it and i get that like if he's struggling with his identity but again there were just some comments that really rubbed me the wrong way and made me like feel very uncomfortable so he couldn't get into the wedding dress at first. So I did actually do his lashes first. And then he got in the wedding dress, I tied it up. And again, he really wanted this to be like my fault. Like I was forcing him in it. Like, you're gonna tie this so tight, you're gonna force me to leave in this wedding dress. And I was like, absolutely not. Like you can leave in it or you can like take it off before you leave. Like that, I'm not gonna force you to do anything you don't wanna do. And, whatnot so he's sitting out in the hall in the wedding dress and he comes back in like 20 minutes later and he offers me $20 to take the wedding dress off of him and I'm like absolutely do not pay me I can untie the wedding dress again I'm not forcing you to like leave in this wedding dress anyway so he leaves and I ended up quitting at that salon so about a month later I'm at my mom's house in Utah and it's six in the morning and I get this phone call from this number like five phone calls in a row back to back and I'm like what the heck so I text the number and I'm like I'm busy I mean I was just sleeping but I'm like I'm busy stop calling me like who is this right and I don't know it's him but it is and he texts me back and he says well I don't remember because you called me first who is this and I was like no it's six in the morning I don't have this number I absolutely did not call you first who is this and then he says oh my name is so and so and you did my lashes I need them done again well at this point I did them at my house I have two daughters like I said there were some comments made about a little girl that I was not comfortable with so I was like absolutely not texted back and I was like wrong number I don't do lashes well that was all three years ago in January of this year, just a couple months ago, I'm working, doing lashes, cosmetology, and I get all these phone calls from this number. It is just back-to-back phone calls again. I'm not even thinking of the guy from four years ago because it's been four years. So I'm looking on my phone and I'm like, why is this number keep calling me? So I text it and I say, I'm working. If you could let me know who this is, I will give you a call back later when I'm not busy. Well, they don't leave, they don't text me back, but they leave a voicemail. And they just say, oh, hey, Kayla, call me back. Bye. And it's a man's voice. And I'm like, they know my name. However, they're still not saying who they are. Like, I wonder who it could be. So I tell my husband, I'm like, this number keeps calling me. And I just have anxiety out the wazoo because of the true crime stuff. So I'm not going to answer a phone call or my doorbell if I do not expect it coming. If I do not know who it is, I'm just like freaked out about it. So he looks up this number and all we can find is like this, this reference on like a resume and it's connected to this name and I'm like, I swear that might be the guy who I did his lashes a few years ago that like really rubbed me the wrong way, but like there's no way, right? That was four years ago. Like there's no way. Well, I just ignore it. I'm like, whatever. You know, I don't know who it is. They're not going to say who they are, so I'm not going to call them back. Well, like literally just a week ago this has been four years since I ever met this person they call me a bunch more times while I'm working they leave a voicemail I'm like what the heck that number is calling me again Mm -hmm. I forget about the voicemail until that night and I'm driving home with my husband and I listen to the voicemail and it says hey Kayla call me back I love you I'll talk to you soon bye and I was like oh my gosh who is this Anyway, we end up looking it up when I get inside because I'm like, who is this? My husband's like, yeah, call it back, call it back. Like he wants to know who's saying I love you. And I'm like, "This this is not a young guy. This is not like, like, I think this is that person, but that'd be so weird. And we end up finding an advertisement for the number that very much connects it to the whole wedding dress thing, like saying that they're looking for a groom to call and text them nasty pics. And through that, I found a Facebook and I connected it all. And it is this person that I met four years ago. So it's kind of a funny story because it's like this person, I have no idea like who he is really because I met him forever ago, is calling me saying, I love you. At the same time, I'm like a little scary, You're somewhat of stalking me, I feel, because you're saying I love you.
0: No, definitely stalking
1: So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So, you know, that's been going on, and it's just, it makes me laugh, but then I'm like, as long as it stays via the phone, so we'll see if that goes any further, if I get any more calls, but.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a.
1: A very crazy story.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, Kayla.
1: <laughs> nope. So you know, don't deal with that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I would have been like, of,
0: yeah, come over, meet me at such and I, such.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is wild. So
0: I mean, you know, it. Oh, well, take care of yourself.
1: I will. Yes, we have security. We've got guns. I know. Please, God. A yes, person, okay. But, we we are protected so but listen so
0: whoever isn't whoever isn't a gun person that's their business we want to make sure that you don't get carried off in wedding dresses exactly right we got priorities over here
1: yes i'm not trying to get taken out of my house (laughs) or whatnot but yeah it's crazy because you kind of think of that stuff like i've talked about this stuff forever i even even talked about it for the last year and then it's like kind of happening but if anyone else was telling me it was happening, I'd be like, that's so scary. Like, you should be, like, really freaked out. And then it's kind of happening to you and, you and you're and you like, well, is it really a big deal? Or, like, is it not? You know? Mm. And so it's just kind of like that weird area with people bothering you via a phone call or via online or whatnot. they <laughs> don't really know what to do with it. You good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've been there before my light's fallen over before
0: no it's fine the the ghost pushed it over we were talking <laughs>
1: exactly we're going
0: straight into true crimes right into ghost stories so yes. yep. okay so yep i guess that's my subway. so i owe you a ghost story yes. okay so yep. um actually let's do this my whole family's from barbados right and mm-hmm. if you ever hear uh bajans tell it there's all sorts of like mythical creatures, the things that go bump in the night that I've never heard of in America, mm-hmm. but we know all about these things. So we used to call things like Jumbie, And then there's people who do like, they cast spells on people. We say that's Obia, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And some of those things get like really dark to the point of where, you know, if people's lives start going back, they'll go. Oh, well you're you're working somebody's working obuya on you or somebody's doing work on you. Uh-huh. So we'll start thinking in that way. So this is really like a culture. Right? There's a culture of understanding that there is dark things out there that people play with that they probably shouldn't. Yes. Right? That that's what the understanding is. And understand also whether or not you believe in that. At the time, I am twelve. Right? Uh-huh. So I am twelve and um i'm staying with my stepfather and he lives about two blocks away from a cemetery and we have to pass the cemetery to go home so we pass the cemetery the first night right you start feeling a little colder but it's, it's nothing scary right like you're looking over it looks a little bit Darker in the distance and you're like, okay, this is Mm -hmm. scary, but I'm a big boy. Now. I'm 12 I've got this the grown right? The grown man isn't scared yet. So I don't need to be scared, Mm -hmm. right? The winds blowing and you get the little In the and I'm like, I don't know what that is. But again, he's not running. I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. the second night we go through and again, it's not like scary i'm still scared because you know i'm a little young but again i'm i'm rogering up right and i by this time i swear to god that the man that i'm walking with my stepfather he's not afraid of anything right Mm -hmm. that this is my thought right the third night comes and we hear something drop in the cemetery So we look, we thinking, okay, we're going to see somebody in the cemetery and it's kind of weird. You're in the cemetery at night, but whatever, do your thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you do is what you do. So long as I can see you and you're physically a person, we're fine, (laughs) right? But we look, we don't see anything. Okay. That was weird. Mm -hmm. No, no need to take off yet. I mean, it's still a cemetery. Things go bump. Mm -hmm. We hear it again. Look. Me and him look at each other again nothing mm-hmm. to this day right to this day i don't know what it was that fell on us whether it was a tree branch or if it was like a little plant i don't know what it was but i know that we both felt something touch us and oh. instantly we both took off running
1: right?
0: oh my God. So, yeah. so we we took off running we're running 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 we get in the house he I jump in my bed. He jumps in my bed with me and grabs the Bible, and we, oh, we went God. to sleep. <laughs> that's how we went to sleep that night. <laughs> so that—that's. I love it. You're
1: like, no, that was definitely something.
0: Yeah, don't care what that it was. Scary. Yeah, I'm not waiting to figure no. it out.
1: No. Nope. I do not know if I could handle like a ghost thing or like a haunting. Like it's never happened to me probably because I feel like I'd have a straight heart attack and <laughs> die. So I would not have handled that well.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you. I'm not. I didn't handle it. I ran.
1: You're <laughs> like, I was out of there. I love that he grabs the Bible, hops and buddies. Like we are... We're safe. We've got the Bible with us. We're good now.
0: I was already asleep. My whole <laughs> thing was, uh, if I'm going to die, let it be in my sleep. I don't want to see it.
1: <laughs> like, get there. Your adrenaline's going too hard. Yeah. You're, you're like, I am out.
0: <laughs> okay, so closing out, what is one thing that you would leave our um, our guests with?
1: I would just like everyone to always follow their dreams and like go for it, regardless of your situation, whether you're a mom, whether you feel like you aren't, you know, a person with the most
0: There we go. Wait, now I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Can't hear you. No. Now, now I can hear you. You
1: can hear me? Yes. Sorry, I froze.
0: <laughs> all good, all good. Got a little bit to chop.
1: Right, right.
0: All right, so, um, again. yeah, let's go ahead. Let's turn off the video, and then we'll wrap it up.
1: Okay, sorry, it froze for a second. What'd you say?
0: Just uh, turn off the video. The, okay. Sometimes when we turn off the video, it'll...
1: Stop the video. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. So, is there anything you'd like to leave our guests with?
1: So I always just want to let people know to definitely follow their dreams, go for it. If you have a goal, if you have something you want to do, no matter what, just do it. Whether you're a mom, whether you don't feel like, you know, you're the biggest expert in your field or what you want to talk about, like just put yourself out there. You're going to make a difference if you have a passion for something. So definitely for me, it's always follow your dreams and always just like be authentically you and go for it.
0: Love it, love it. And where can people get a hold of you? Where can we reach out to you?
1: So, my podcasts are, of course, on all podcast sites, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatnot. I've got a website that people can go to to link there. It's www.truecrimeexposedpodcast.com. And then, of course, I'm on all social media t- TikTok at True Crime Exposed Podcast, Instagram at True Crime Xpod. Facebook at True Crime Exposed Podcast and Twitter at True Crime Exposed. So you guys can find me at all those places.
0: All right. And for everybody listening, go be great.